live from WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca in Monterey, California. This is Indy Lights, presented by Cooper Tires on the IndyCar Radio Network and Sirius XM IndyCar Nation. Seasons worth of racing coming to a close this weekend for the Indy Lights Series, presented by Cooper Tires. It's a doubleheader weekend right here on IndyCar Radio. It's the Indy Lights Grand Prix of Monterey. Thanks so much for tuning in, making us a part of your day. My name is Nick Yeoman. Our driver, Davey Hamilton, joins us as uh, as well as a cast of characters to help describe and uh, talk about the storylines for, again, the final two races of this 2022 championship. Davey Hamilton, here's what we do know. Uh, When we drop the green flag, Linus Lundquist will be your Indy Lights champion. Uh, Just an incredible season that he has had. Consistently strong, winning a bunch of races early on, and uh, today's the day he'll finally get take that trophy home that's right he will be the champion but the, the big fight who's going to be second third fourth or fifth in our championship right now maddie brabham is in that second position 103 points he has uh, or is behind the leader we know that can't he can't be caught but then McElray, he's in that third position he's only uh, 11 points behind um uh, Brabham, and then you got Singray Rob, who's starting on the pole today, by the way, and has an opportunity to really gain some points if he can pull off a win. Starts third tomorrow as well. And then you also have a fight with Pedersen um, in that championship as well. Those top five is going to be fun to watch. Speaking of Stingray Rob, this morning he won the pole position for this Indy Lights Grand Prix of Monterey race number one, and Ryan Marine was pit side to talk to him after he emerged from that race car. Stingray Rob will lead the field to green for the first of two Indy Lights races here at Weather Tech Raceway Laguna Seca, and we know this is a place where starting position can really factor into the ultimate result. Knowing that you got the job done for race one, how confident are you that you can keep that car up front? You know, all the glory goes to God on that one. I think that was a good lap, and obviously we're right there for uh, the race two quality, so I'm happy with that, but uh, like you said, the starting position's big here, and we knew that we had to start up front in order to race for a win here, so I'm excited for the race this afternoon. The tire wear here, how much is that going to be on your mind going into the race? I think the conditions are going to be pretty effective of what the tires are going to do at the end of the run. Yesterday during the practice, we saw some massive tire digs, so uh, hopefully it's not that case today, but uh, I just want to stay up front. I mean, that's our goal is to win this race, so we're going to do everything we can to be there. That's race one pole sitter, Stingray Rob. Looking for that first career Indy Lights win. He's been awful close. Saying that about a lot of drivers, and uh, many of which have uh, finally been closing the door on those first wins. One week ago, it was Benjamin Peterson who scored the win at Portland International. Two pit reporters to help uh, describe and talk about the storylines down on pit lane. And Ryan Marine, we'll go back to you. Kind of a developing story involving the 21 machine of Kiffin Simpson. Exactly, Nick. Normally, this stage, uh, just a couple minutes before the start of the race, is a calm one. The driver getting situated in the car, just trying to get focused. But for Kiffin Simpson, he's got about 15 crew members and AER technicians pouring over the back of his HMD Motorsports machine. The issue appears to be fuel pressure. The initial indication was it might have to do with throttle body. Just now, the cowling is going back on the back of that car. It looks like they've got it buttoned up. I just saw a thumbs-up given to the team 
team manager, Mike Marini. So hopefully all is squared away. But it has been a frantic, oh, I would say about five, seven minutes or so with a lot of work being done on that number 21 car. Kiffin Simpson just got a pat on the helmet, a handshake from a couple crew members. It looks like he will be set to go as we get set to start this race. The absolute last thing a driver wants uh, right before they strap into a race car is to know that the race car may not be working correctly. So good to hear that they may have gotten that worked out for Kiffin Simpson. As for a look at the conditions, let's welcome in Dan Rusinowski. Dan, how are things there at Pitside and Monterey? Improving as they always do when the day goes on, Nick. And uh, we're just a little bit before the command. 66 degrees Fahrenheit, 19 degrees Celsius ambient temperature for this uh, very first race in Indy Lights this weekend. 84 degrees on the track Fahrenheit, a little bit warmer than this morning. And so that sets up uh, pretty nice conditions for the drivers. Yep, going to go racing here around this 2.2-mile road course. 11 turns around WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. Seven to the left, four to the right. They run counterclockwise uh, around the racetrack. Uh, some of the race, the, the minimum width of the racetrack in some spots around 30 feet, as wide as 78 feet. Uh, again, IndyCar first race here in 1983. A year ago, Kyle Kirkwood was dominant uh, in Route 2A championship. So moments away, the engine's about to fire here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. Here's your starting lineup for the next to the last race. 2022 Indy Light season. Here's today's Indy Lights presented by Cooper Tires starting lineup. Row 7. Matt Brabham, United States. Row 6. Flynn Lazier, United States. Christian Bogle, United States. Row 5. Ernie Francis Jr., United States. Nolan Siegel, United States. Row 4. Kiffin Simpson, Cayman Islands. Jacob Abel, United States. Row 3. Daniel Frost, Singapore. Linus Lundqvist, Sweden. Row 2. Hunter McElroy, New Zealand. Benjamin Peterson, Denmark and United States. On the outside of row one. Christian Rasmussen, Denmark. And starting on the pole. Stingray Rob, United States. Well, it's quite the racetrack uh, just outside of Monterey, California. WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. When the drivers cross the start-finish line, that front stretch bends to the left just slightly of turn number one. Then they'll go downhill towards turn number two where they'll pop into the view of the first of our three turn announcers. Set to call the action today, we welcome in Michael Young. Yeah, good afternoon, Nick Yeoman. Indeed, as they make their way down that hill into the hairpin of turn number two, they will find themselves way woe down, potentially an opportunity to get themselves into a passing opportunity, but it will certainly be tight. Then they'll quickly get through a gear or so as they make the way to the right-hander of turn number three. That's a very tight turn, but you need to carry as much speed as humanly possible to give yourself a good setup for turn number four. That, too, is a right-hander, and if you get a good run off of turn number four, That'll carry you down about 500 yards or so to the left-hander of turn number five. But turn four, we've seen so many drivers, especially Matt Brabham in this Indy Light Series, put those left sides off. Potential to gain some ground, but potential to find yourself into problems as well. As they make that left-hander of turn number five, they have to slow down. You hit that apex just right. That'll give you enough momentum to begin to climb that hill. And that long climb into turn number six is where they will come into the view of our very own Mark James. Good afternoon, Mark. Thank you, Michael. 
Marshall Young, good afternoon. And it's a short little straightaway. And as you start to approach turn number seven, you'll be looking seemingly straight up into the sky. And that is what is preparing you for one of the most iconic portions of any racetrack anywhere. That's the corkscrew. And again, there's some limitations there to driver's right and driver's left. If you switch back to the right and then uh, you switch to the left, then back to the right. And uh, boy, you're going to go downhill in a very pronounced batter and then momentum starts to carry you through turn number nine that's a pretty tight turn to the left turn number nine and once they start to set up for a short little straightaway to turn number 10 the course stays tricky and it's into the view of jay query yeah mark thanks so much and that trick you talk about is just a slight kink as you set up for turn number 10 the drivers will actually start to set up and they'll want to swing wide the problem is in turn 10 there is some dirt that lies just to the outside of it so if that speed that you get from coming downhill is too high then you might run into problems find yourself too wide and all of a sudden you've got to recorrect now once that happens you can do one of two things can these drivers they can either take a left that takes them back onto pit road or they can take the desired an intended path, which is a straight jaunt into a left-handed, very tight turn that is turn number 11. So this is an area of the racetrack where we may not see a lot of passing, but you can see mayhem if somebody makes an error. Matthew Brabham did it in qualifying, got just a little bit loose and lost it in turn number 10, went into the dirt and lost, cost himself a lap there. So it can be tricky here, Nick, with the speed that comes off of turn number 9. Well, we're not supposed to see any mayhem during parade laps, but we have kind of gotten just that, Davey Hamilton first. We saw Kiffin Simpson on his outlap uh, leaving pit lane. He spun and is going to have to go to the tail of the field. And now we're getting a good shot of Flynn Lazier's car rolling backwards towards the entrance of pit lane. Partner, we haven't even dropped the green flag. What in the world is going on? Don't know what is going on there. Flint's backing down pit lane. Obviously, they would like to say they waved off the original green as they come by the start finish line right now. But looks like Flint's car must have just lost power going down the front straightaway, pulled over into the pit lane area, got it out of harm's way. But not a good day for either of those drivers. And that's brutal for Flintless here because he made his Indy Lights debut one week ago at Portland International Raceway, was involved in an opening lap crash, and didn't even come complete the first lap and now may not even see the green flag so what a uh, rough start to the Indy Lights career of Flynn Lazier we'll see if we can get any updates Ryan Marine was saying the team uh, unaware right now of what the issue may be we'll have to see if uh, he'll come back to pit lane and and Ryan uh, obviously uh, not the way you want to start a weekend for Flynn Lazier Exactly. Think about this. He made his debut going back last week at Portland, and he didn't make it through a lap there. And we're not even to the green flag, and he's got problems. So it has been a snake-bitten start to the Indy Lights career for one Flynn Lazier. The Able Motorsports crew is making their way down to where that car has come to a stop. They're going to try and bring it back. But as you said, I checked with the team, and no one at this point really knows what's at the root of this issue. One other note to pass along real quick. We talk about tire wear being so important here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. All but two cars are starting on sticker Cooper tires. The two that will be on scuffs, Linus Lundquist in P5 and Daniel Frost in P6, electing to go with the scuff tires to start race one of the weekend. Jake Query, looks like the field's starting to stack up two by two in front of you. 
They are, in fact, doing that. Stingray Rob, who was trying to put a little heat in those tires, got a little squirrely last time by. But now this is a good formation. Nick, we're about to go racing here at the WeatherTech Raceway at Laguna Seca. And with the green flag again, congratulations are in order for Linus Lundquist about to win the Indy Lights Championship. Who wins the race? We're about to find out 35 laps from now. Green flag in the air. Stingray Rob with the early advantage over Christian Rasmussen as they head down the hill to turn number two. Christian Rasmussen tries to make the long way around Stingray Rob. He will have the advantage to the inside, but Stingray Rob will gap himself. Now Rasmussen will battle back to the inside, but Stingray Rob will take over that lead. Benjamin Peterson goes off in the exit of turn number three. He will lose a couple of positions. Stingray Rob will check out now four car lengths over Christian Rasmussen. Then it's Hunter McElray. The battle is on for fourth place. It's Jacob Abel and Benjamin Peterson. Peterson's on the outside. He will give up that fourth position and now settle in to fifth, but now it's the machine of Linus Lundquist trying to get fifth away from Peterson. Yeah, he won a championship, and he is not resting on his laurels for sure. He got cut off when the car got a little out of sorts, so Benjamin Peterson recapping went from third to fifth in that move that he tried to make. Meanwhile, Stingray Rob has the advantage. It's up to 1.4 seconds already, the benefit of that clean green racetrack that it's Rasmussen, McElroy, Jacob Abel, Benjamin Peterson in the top five. And again, that battle that you talked about, the fact that all of a sudden now Linus Lundquist was getting up there to play, started to back up just a little bit, and Siegel now is right behind him. So everybody is single file now through turn number 11. Well, they weren't single file through the corkscrew, and it looked like Kiffin Simpson got the worst of it. He went off the racetrack and falls to 12th on the running order. Meanwhile, Stingray Rob already leaving turn number two, Michael, here on lap two. And he has checked out from second place running Christian Rasmussen. Call it about 12 car lengths, the gap. He will put the left sides in the dirt and kick up some dust ever so slightly. Now those left sides for Stingray Rob touch those rumble strips at the exit of turn number four. And Stingray Rob, Christian Rasmussen, Hunter McElray, Jacob Abel, and Benjamin Peterson, they are your top five as they climb the hill to turn number six. Series champion Linus Lundquist is the guy that's leading the parade as we speak. That front five gaining some front four gaining some measure of separation. Peterson's got some level of comfort. Then it's Linus Lundquist in the sixth position. Siegel is seventh. Daniel Frost is eighth. Matthew Brabham is ninth. And Christian Bogle all trying to keep pace. Jake, the front four separated nicely. Then it stacks up behind Linus Lundquist. Yeah, Daniel Frost is the one that would like to have the start of that race back. Lost a couple of spots, now trying to make up one of them with Siegel. But Matthew Brabham is right behind him, followed by Christian Bogle. That's the way they run through turn number 10. Yeah, let's take a look at Matthew Brabham. He was all over the rear wing of Daniel Frost through the corkscrew. Had to jump out of the throttle. Couldn't get along for a side-by-side. -side. That's the battle for the eighth position as they crest the hill. As Jake talked about, Michael, you can throw a blanket over about four or five cars as Daniel Frost took a look to the inside of Nolan Siegel. Yeah, tried to make that move and then filed back in underneath that rear wing of Nolan Siegel. Call that gap one car length. They really start to bunch up as they enter turn number three and then they start to gap themselves again. And now Daniel Frost has about a two car length advantage over Matthew Brabham. Brabham really using up all the racetrack that he can here at turn number four. Now closes within a car length over that machine of Daniel Frost as they climb that hill. That's the battle for that seventh position. Yeah, Matthew Brabham forced to 
start deep in the field. Well, he didn't qualify all that well, but he had a penalty uh, because of a weight issue with that car. He's trying to keep pace with that pack that's led by Linus Lundquist. Meanwhile, the leader, Stingray Rob, has a lead of about 1.9 seconds. Then a pretty good gap from Brasby's and back to McElroy. Let's go back, check into that battle, Jake Query. It's ninth place Matthew Brabham trying to track down eighth place Daniel Frost. Boy, and Daniel Frost actually just put a buffer between the two of them. Siegel might have an issue. Frost made quick work of him. Now Brabham is stacked up just behind him. So Daniel Frost made very, very quick work of the rookie Siegel. They are all over each other out of the final corner. Again, this is Daniel Frost, Nolan Siegel. It's seventh on back. Siegel's trying to fight back, Michael, to the rear wing of cart 68. Yeah, Daniel Frost made it look easy down at the end of the track, but now we see Nolan Siegel try to close back in. They're really slow as they enter turn number three. Frost able now to gap himself by about two car lengths. Now it's Matthew Brabham on the charge as we have one of the cars go off track. That was Hunter McElray. We'll check back in. Daniel Frost, then Nolan Siegel, Matthew Brabham, two car lengths behind, running in that ninth position. We'll see what kind of run Matthew Brabham could get out of turn number five. Oh, he gets a good one. He'll start to close in, gets it down to a about a car length. Yeah, they climbed the hill. Pretty good um, even separation, we should, we should say, between those three. It's Daniel Frost, Siegel, Brabham. Kristen Bogle is trying to keep pace with that battle. Leaders continue to pull away the front four or five, but let's go back to it, Jake Query. Daniel Frost running in seventh with Siegel and Brabham chasing him down. Leader, Stingray Rob, back onto the main straightaway. That Nolan Siegel battle is the one to watch. Matthew Brabham is trying to close in. This is an area of the racetrack where Daniel Frost got Siegel last time by. Still not able to make up the move is Brabham. He'll stick it in ninth through turn number 11. Nolan Siegel making his Indy Lights debut this weekend at a big lockup at the top of the hill. He'll try to do everything he can to hold off Matthew Brabham here as we complete another lap on lap number five. Brabham won't be able to get around him in turns number two, but uh, Davey Hamilton, let's go back to the start of this race. We saw a lot of aggressive moves, some drivers getting off track. Is that simply a good illustration of these drivers knowing, hey, got to get what you can get at the opening green flag because of how hard historically it is to pass here? That exactly right. We've seen Raspies that tried to go on the outside of Stingray Rob going down into turn two. He tried to chop him down a little bit, but Stingray bumped him just so slightly, not hurting either car, moved him out, put Rob in the lead, but then we see the other car for example, Frost getting bumped off racetrack as well. Uh, gathered it back up, as you said. Got back by Siegel. Now Brabham's all over Siegel. Brabham, another good start. Started 13th, finds himself a ninth, but he did that on the first lap. Hasn't been able to gain any more position since then. He is all over the rear wing of Nolan Siegel as they snake their way out of the corkscrew, but just not able to get alongside. And boy, those cars get sideways exiting turn number nine. Working lap number five, about to start lap number six. Every lap has been led so far by Stingray Rob, who won the pole for this race. His advantage over second place running uh, Christian Rasmussen is 2.8 seconds. Rest of the top five is Hunter McElray, Jacob Abel, Benjamin Peterson, Linus Lundquist, who is now officially the Indy Lights champion, runs in the sixth spot. And then where all the action has been, where we've been watching and calling, it's really from Daniel Frost on back. Frost runs seventh, Nolan Siegel eighth, Matthew Brabham ninth, and Christian Bogle holds down the final spot in the top ten. Uh, again, a very, very busy news week uh, this, this past week for the Indy Lights Series presented by Cooper Tires. Ryan Marine standing by with one of the many stories we'll be talking about today.
Exactly so. Jagger Jones just wrapped up his rookie season at USF 2000, finished fourth in the championship for the Cape Motorsports team, and we found out in the last seven days that he's going to be in the field for the Indy Lights Series, looking ahead to next year, joining the Cape Motorsports team as they make their return after many years away to Indy Lights. Jagger, pleasure to get a chance to chat with you a little bit, and uh, let's go back to you, the season you had at USF 2000. You've had a lot of experience racing in various categories over the past several years, but new to this level of open wheel racing, how was the first year in USF 2000? Did it go as you anticipated? Yeah, I, I would say we had a pretty solid year. My first year, like you said, in any type of open wheel racing coming from stock cars, uh, but I, I definitely have a road course background, racing go-karts growing up all over the U.S. and Europe, so that definitely played into help, but we were fast right out of the gate. Uh, second race weekend, went and won in Barber, and then uh, capped off the season with some podiums throughout the year, and um, all in all, a solid season for me, definitely a learning year, definitely a few things um, looking back I could have done differently, but I mean, for your rookie year, first year in this type of racing, I think all in all, it was a, a good season for us. Why the jump to Indy Lights, skipping Indy Pro 2000 effectively? What about the Indy Lights Championship made that attractive, and what about your experience level made you feel ready to take that leap? Well, first, I mean, the road to Indy was a great series, a uh, great program. I'm glad to spend this year there learning. Um, but I think a lot of momentum is heading towards lights right now. You see a lot of teams like the Capes uh, jumping from the road to Indy. Uh, Roger Penske and IndyCar now operating Indy Lights. I think uh, there's a lot of opportunity for young guys in Indy Lights right now. And I think you see all the, the guys, Colton Hurd, Pato Ward, Askew, Kyle Kirkwood, come straight from Indy Lights, and they're ready for IndyCar. And I think that was a lot of the thinking. I, I work with Mike Cole, who was very in my ear about what, what do we need to do to get to lights. And another thing, too, is this sport's so much about the people who are around you. And uh, Cape, right, even before they announced they were doing the lights, they came to me, offered me that seat if we could put that together. So they want me in the car. They want, um, they are fully behind me and believe in me. And I think that's huge in racing. And this Cape team, for those who aren't familiar with the junior open wheel ladder system, they are the Team Penske, effectively, of Indy Pro 2000 or USF 2000 and on down the line. But it has been a while since they've been in Indy Lights. How confident are you that they're going to hit the ground running with a new tire coming next year and, and uh, going up against some pretty massive organizations like Andretti Autosport and HMD? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a concern, but I wouldn't be doing it with them if I wasn't confident that would be we'd be capable of fighting for wins and podium. I I think the tire, uh, changing tires actually helps them um, because it'll kind of be a new learning experience for a lot of the teams. Um, so they don't, we don't, they won't have as much information going looking off past years with the new tires. So I think that actually plays a lot into our benefit. And I, I know they're so, they want, those guys want to win and they've won in everything they've done before. And I, I don't see it going any way, any way differently eventually with them and Indy Lights. Finally, you mentioned that open wheel racing, well, road racing is in your background, but open wheel racing is in your blood. Your grandfather, Parnelli Jones, of course, legendary IndyCar driver. Even though you were going the stock car route for a time, what what was IndyCar racing? Was open wheel racing always something in the back of your mind? Yeah, I mean, like I was saying, I, I grew up racing go-karts on, on uh, road courses, and I even went up to, over to Europe, considered even moving over there for a few years to kind of go more that Formula F1 route. Um, but I kind of got 
pushed the stock car direction. I really enjoyed it. I think uh, every type of racing really is is awesome. Trying to make a car go as fast as it can and beat the guys you're competing against, no matter what it is. But uh, after didn't race for a couple years, kind of COVID and some sponsor issues on the stock car side, side of things, and uh, kind of reevaluated my career, reevaluated the um, kind of ways to become a professional driver and where I wanted to end up. And um, IndyCar has always been in my family blood, on my mind in particular. I've always dreamed of winning the Indy 500, and um, I think this was my opportunity now. My, I kind of thought if I want to be a race car driver, i got to put everything into it right now, and um, I want to be an Indy car. I want to win the Indy 500, and that, I'm doing everything it takes to make it there. Thank you so much for the time, Jagger. Looking forward to seeing you at Indy Lights next year. Thank you, guys. Let's follow up on the Flynn Lazier story. I think Dan Rusinowski has more. John Bruner, who is the man who makes the decisions for Able Motorsports, looked like the entire left axle assembly got taken out and replaced for Flynn Lazier's car. Just give us an update as to what happened. Unfortunately, we broke a half shaft on that uh, first pace lap, so we had to come in and change the unit. A lot easier to just do the entire thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's the best way to do it. Uh, They've actually had practice at it. Most of the teams are prepared to do that as well. Most young drivers, when they first get started in a higher level of series, experience some misfortunes. It's kind of been tough for Flynn these last couple of weeks. Yeah, it, you know, it's a tough uh, spot that he's in coming in late in the season to, to get a couple of races in. You know, these guys he's competing against have been testing and racing all year. So, you know, it's a big, big hill climb. It is indeed, but it looks like that you guys are making a lot of progress, aren't you? Yeah, every time he's in the car, it's uh, he's learning something. That's why it was important to fix the car here and get him back out there and get us ready for tomorrow. Also, yep, two races, so off you go. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. That is John Bruner, the man in charge at Able Motorsports, commenting on Flynn Lazier's tough couple of weeks in Indy Lights. And they make an excellent point, Davey Hamilton, for Flynn Lazier. Simply needs the laps, right? I mean, seat time is more important uh, than anything right now for that young man. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, as we know, he went out on the first lap in the fourth corner, fifth corner at Portland, and, and no laps at all. The Kevin in here would have been sad for him not to get laps, but Bruner did the right thing by fixing that car, letting him get out there. He's not competing for any position right now. Just getting race laps in, and that, that's very, very key right now. Your race leader is Stingray Rob by 4.1 seconds. Christian Rasmussen runs in second. Hunter McElray is third. But watching a quartet of drivers mix it up, Michael, towards the back of the field. Nolan Siegel runs in ninth, leading a uh, train of cars into turns four and five. And Matt Brabham got around him a couple of laps ago and now has checked out to about a second or so advantage over Nolan Siegel. So the rookie campaign for Nolan Siegel will see him now under attack from Christian Bogle as they make their way to turn number six, that left-hander. Yeah, that young man's got to be taking notes, that's for sure. Uh, spirited battle with Matthew Brabham. He eventually had to give up the spot so Brabham could hope to chase down Daniel Frost, although all of that cost Brabham valuable time and space on the racetrack. Uh, Frost advantage uh, has swollen to about five seconds, but Siegel has him stacked up behind him, Jake. It'll be uh, Siegel, Bogle, Simpson all lined up behind the rookie. They are indeed. As a matter of fact, Simpson looked like he was going to try to make a move on Bogle. Bogle's got about five car lengths to make up before he can get there to Siegel. All of them now back onto the main straightaway. Yeah, those drivers all slide through that final corner on the front straightaway. They're all about evenly gapped by two or three car lengths. Uh, Rob, Rasmussen, McElroy, your top three. Jacob Abel runs in fourth. He's done a nice job uh, hanging on to that fourth spot as Benjamin Peterson's been putting the pressure on the last several laps. Linus Lundquist runs in sixth. 
sixth. Daniel Frost runs in the seventh spot. Matthew Brabham is eighth. And, Davey, we were watching Matthew Brabham. It took probably longer than he would have liked having to search all over the racetrack to get around Nolan Siegel. But it looked like he finally got it done down there at the bottom of the hill turn two. Yeah, and I think the situation there was he just forced him into a small, small mistake. Um, it just drove him in the corner a little bit harder. Finally got by him, but as you said, worked really, really hard to get that spot. Now, he's taken off. He's already has uh, his lead is five seconds over Siegel. So once he got by him, he took right off. The bad news is he's still five seconds behind Frost. So while he was behind Siegel, just trying to get that spot, he was losing ground on this field. But how about our leader, Singray Rob? Five-second lead, basically, over second-place Rasmussen. And then McElroy, another three seconds back. So the cards are pretty spread out right now. The best race for fourth and fifth with Abel and Peterson. And as they run right now, Stingray Rob sits second in the points championship. Uh, again, a lot to be decided still this weekend in terms of who ends up second uh, in Indy Lights as Hunter McElroy is in the mix seven points back, as is Matthew Brabham. So very important for Brabham to try to charge and maybe grab that second spot in the championship. Uh, again, though, as as we mentioned at the drop of the green flag, the champion for uh, 2022 for the Indy Light Series presented by Cooper Tires is now officially Linus Lundquist. And Davey, of course, he's got to focus in on, on finishing these last couple races. Sits right now in the sixth position all by himself. But we know that the hard work really begins now for that young man off the racetrack. Uh, a very, very lucrative uh, prize and scholarship north of a million dollars that he can now take to some of these IndyCar teams to entice to put him in a race car in 2023. Yeah, I talked to him earlier. He definitely is talking to some IndyCar teams. Wouldn't be surprised if maybe he doesn't stand in the same camp that he's uh, with, with that HMD coin racing that are in IndyCars. Uh, as we see Kiffin spin around again, second time he spun in turn eight in that court shrew. Uh, fortunately, he was in the back of the field, nobody coming. He's able to turn that car around and go on down the hill. But, uh, yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, he, he it's, it's, it's time. You know, it's time for some of these drivers to really step up. Now, Lukewist, for example, um, he doesn't have to, but I think he should. I think he's given it all he has right now. He's got the championship one, but finds himself in sixth. But we will see him in IndyCar next year. Just what team is it going to be? Mark James, you were watching over that part of the racetrack, including the uh, corkscrew where Kiffin Simpson had problems moments ago. Yeah, the, the, he got to the bottom of the racetrack at the entrance of that turn to driver's left, and uh, he made kind of an erratic entrance to it, and it upset the balance of the race car, and as he came back up into the apex of the turn, all the grip went away, and that's what caused him to spin. At the spin, and uh, quite frankly, the, the fortuitous timing for Ernie Francis Jr. Because uh, for a moment he had the racetrack blocked, but his momentum slid him to driver's left and gave just enough room for the 99 car to slip his way through. So uh, closing in, 40 percent of the way done in race number one of the Indy Lights Grand Prix of Monterey, right here on IndyCar Radio. Stingray Rob is your race leader. Leader. Uh, he's ballooned that lead up to just shy of five seconds over his Andretti Autosport teammate Christian Rasmussen. Rasmussen, by the way, did win pole for Sunday's race number two, where he will go for his second win of the season in Indy Lights. But everyone is chasing Stingray Rob, trying to score career win number one. Again, Rasmussen sits second, Hunter McElray third. So Andretti Autosport one, two, three. Jacob Abel runs in the fourth position. Let's check in on that battle because uh, he's been trying to hold off Benjamin Peterson. Michael, they're making their way in front of you. That's the battle for fourth. Now we see those Cooper tires slowly giving way as they make that right-hander in turn number four. You can see the back end wanting to step out, but Jacob
Jacob Abel able to gap himself over Benjamin Peterson. Still about a seven-car length advantage for Jacob Abel. He has that fourth position over Benjamin Peterson. Yeah, interesting to note that uh, you get an idea that Linus Lundquist and Daniel Frost uh, could be uh, getting a bit more interesting. That would be the battle for the sixth position. Of course, Frost was being pursued by Siegel and Brabham and company, and he was eventually able to break away from that. But let's check back in on it now. Jacob Abel, Benjamin Peterson in front of Jake Query. Yeah, they set sail now, setting up for turn number 11 with Jacob Abel. Tip of the cap to him because slow, steady progression over the course of the season finds himself now running in the top five. He's got about a five-car length advantage over Peterson. Yeah, and Mara, to Mark's point, uh, that may very shortly become a four-car battle because Linus Lundquist appears to be catching that duo, as is Daniel Frost, who runs in the seventh position. Whoa, big wiggle, Michael, for Benjamin Peterson entering turn two. It doesn't look like he lost too much ground. He was able to get back into that throttle. Again, that's a very slow portion of the track. So when he did wiggle, he did not lose that much ground on Jacob Abel. As a matter of fact, that gap from the last lap to this lap, about the same. As a matter of fact, Benjamin Peterson had a great run out of turn number four. And he's able to navigate turn number five a little bit better than Jacob Abel. So let's see if he can get back into that throttle, climb that hill, and close that gap. Uh, This is, again, the battle for the fourth position. Jacob Abel has it. Peterson wants it. Uh, They are some six seconds behind third place running Hunter McElroy, but this one has every indication that it's going to get very, very interesting now. They exit this corkscrew, the battle for four. Jacob Abel leading the way over Peterson. We'll call it right now five car lengths, Abel over Peterson. It's a little bit more than that from Peterson when you go back to Lundquist and then Daniel Frost. But those two different pairings are fairly evenly spaced. They work their way back onto the main street. It's a good battle, but here's the scary part, Davey. It's a battle that is taking place nearly 14 and a half to 15 seconds behind your race leader, Stingray Robin. We're only on lap 17, closing in on halfway. Yeah, man, he is absolutely checking out out on this field. 5.3 second lead right now over Rasmussen. Rasmussen has a three second lead over McElroy. So, and then he, and then another six seconds over Abel. So the front cars are really spread out. The big racing is from Peterson in fifth all the way down to the eighth spot with Brabham. Yeah, those two have been separated by about four or five car lengths. At times, it's close within two or three. And then right behind them, a battle that may shape up here in the next several laps. It would be for the six position. Linus Lundquist, your Indy Lights champion, trying to hold off his teammate Daniel Frost. Frost, after he cleared Nolan Siegel early in this event, has done a nice job of trying to track down Lundquist and push towards the top five. But uh, Jake Query as the leaders, I think they've already swung by you. Uh, give folks an idea of just how spread out and how the front three are really in the co- their own area code at this point. Yeah, they're halfway at this point to San Jose, it would seem, because Jacob Abel just took the turn back onto the main street. That's off of turn number 11. And as he does it, the leaders have already worked their way back into that area of turns two and three. So at the halfway mark of this race, Nick, right now, Stingray Rob has ve- things very, very much in control right now, starting to pull away now again from Rasmussen. The gaps are large throughout the field, Davey Hamilton, but uh, how much does tire wear factor in? As Ryan Marine reported early in the 
event, most of the field on a fresh set of Cooper tires. Is this the point where we find out who's babied those things good enough to maintain some of the strong pace that we've seen? Yeah, and right now, you can see it's pretty consistent on how that tire's dropped off, about three seconds from qualifying, so that's normal on this track. It just, uh, you know, it's hard on these tires. It's uh, it's hard to find grip with these tires, so yeah, that three seconds between qualifying now, but everybody it has the same uh, same thing, same amount of laps on their tires, so it should all equal out. Just had a change for the 10th position. Nolan Siegel locked him up in turn number two. Christian Bogle got around, so move Christian Bogle up a spot. Back to pit lane once again with Ryan Marine. And the president of the team that runs 1-2-3 right now is J.F. Thorman from Andretti Autosport. He's uh, kind enough to give us a little bit of time. Impressive showing here this weekend at Laguna. On the IndyCar side, the guys are looking strong, certainly here in lights as well. How good is it to go off into the offseason with a nice, strong run like it's shaping up to be? It really is. This is a track that fortunately has been good to us in both series. Last year with Kyle Kirkwood, we... um, we won the double, and we've got a one-two-three going today, so we um, we definitely like this place. Up and down the paddock, there seems to be so much enthusiasm for Indy Lights. There seems to be momentum behind the series. Do you have a sense for why that might be and how that will manifest for Andretti next year? I think they've done a great job with it and in trying to reattract drivers that were maybe going over and looking at things in Europe or looking at other series. It's really growing fast, and we're very bullish on it, so... Andretti's got its tentacles all over the world looking for talent to, to put into these cars. What are the selling points for Indy Lights, specifically in the road to Indy more generally? Probably the biggest thing is that we obviously have an Indy car team, and so uh, having the kids come over and drive for our brand and then an opportunity to move into Indy car is our biggest, biggest selling point. And our track record that we have in winning championships. Do you find that that message is resonating perhaps more today than it was a few years ago? I think so. It definitely, the series has done a lot of improvements, and I think it's becoming more and more competitive. And then when you look at the grid on Indy cars, the amount of drivers that have come through here is, is very impressive. Really appreciate the time. Best of luck the rest of the way. Thank you very much. Yeah, I appreciate that, Ryan. Uh, no doubt, Andretti Autosport having a good weekend on Indy Lights. Obviously, a big announcement uh, that they will be adding Louis Foster, the Indy Pro 2000 champion next year. And uh, Mark James, a good opportunity for Andretti Autosport on the IndyCar side. And what's been kind of an up-and-down year, a chance to end on a high note because they've got some strong cars. Alexander Rossi was strong in practice. And we know Colton Herta, uh, he's put in a very short amount of time a pretty impressive track record. Yeah, and I mean, yesterday, Roman Grosjean was among the front Winners. Devlin DeFrancesco running in the top 10 uh, throughout uh, most of the session earlier today. So, yeah, uh, uh, clearly uh, they have a good formula. Uh, the important thing is, while it's worth a lot in practice sessions to be P1 or be in the top five or top six, it kind of makes that debrief and qualifying prep a bit easier. It's still no guarantee that always translates into success, but you uh, like their chances anyway. And you know, Alexander Rossi, he wants to he wants to leave that organization on a high note. I mean, won a 500 with him his rookie year and uh, championship contender and uh, been a threat in most races uh, week in and week out. Just uh, for whatever the reason, Lady Luck at times has not smiled on Alexander Rossi, but uh, no question uh, he, is a, he is a contender uh, this weekend here at uh, the Firestone Grand Prix in Monterey. Yeah, that's always the fascinating thing about uh, the final race weekend of the season is your last opportunity to see some drivers in uh, certain rides. For Rossi, it's the last opportunity. He'll drive that 27 car. Uh, Kyle Kirkwood going to step out of the A.J. Foyt machine. 
Uh, and then, of course, a lot of dominoes that we're waiting to see Davey Hamilton in terms of, is this Colton Herta's last race? Is this uh, Alex Pelot's last race in the 10 car? Uh, Felix Rosenquist for Errol McLaren SP. A lot of dominoes still to fall on the IndyCar side, but uh, for a lot of those drivers, this could be the last opportunity they run for teams that have been home, uh, for some of which, including like stories like Rossi, for several years now. Yeah, no, absolutely, and that, it's uh, a lot of them, I think, are, some of these drivers are, you know, they don't want to be in that position. They want rides locked up, and I think, you know, the biggest story is the Pelot story. I think wherever, what happens there really dictates what happens uh, for a lot of the other drivers, and knowing if there's rides available or if there's not, if that seat's available at Ganassi, who doesn't want that tin car at Ganassi? I mean, that's been a championship winner and race winner for years and years and years, but then again, if Colton Herta does go Formula 1 racing, and who doesn't want to be the Andretti Autosport? JF just t- told us, you know, the reasons why drivers want to be there. That's their track record. And knowing they have speed. And, yes, he is right. They've really dominated this uh, this track for the last few years. Yep, got a good setup. And it has shown not just on the IndyCar side, but it's showing itself right now on the Indy Lights side as Andretti Autosport runs one, two, three. Stingray Rob, that lead continues to grow. Davey Hamilton, it's up to 7.7 seconds. Christian Rasmussen runs in second, and even Rasmussen has a pretty solid four-second advantage over Hunter McElray. McElray another six seconds ahead of Jacob Abel, so those three Andretti Autosport cars up front looking untouchable. Yeah, I promise you that Stingray Rob has been working hard and long to get his first win in the Indy Light Series. Looks like today he has the opportunity to get that done, and, and just so smooth right now. His hands are smooth. He just looks like the car's easy drive for him. His setups is perfect, and he just continues to pull away, as you said, 8.1 seconds over Rasmussen right now. Yeah, just absolutely dominating with 12 laps to go. Stingray Rob back out on the front straightaway. And, uh, you know, Michael Young, we talked about some of the battles behind the front three who have really checked out. Jacob Abel's done a nice job of holding off Benjamin Peterson. But then it's that Lundquist and Frost battle. It's for the sixth position, but you say there may be another player uh, that's going to join the mix in eighth as they all head down to turn number two. Yes, Matthew Brabham slowly starting to close that gap and hitting that rear wing of Daniel Frost. Remember, Lundquist and Frost started on scuffed Cooper tires, and Matthew Brabham had to use a lot of him up to get around Nolan Siegel, but he's now equidistant from the machine of Linus Lundquist back from Daniel Frost. So call it five car lengths, but Matthew Brabham slowly but surely has been chipping away, and it's been great this second half of this season to be able to say names like Matthew Brabham and Christian Rasmussen and Stingray Rob, but Matthew Brabham trying to get himself up into that top five before this is over. And uh, he, uh, on lap 16, uh, 14, I should say, uh, was among the fastest laps turned in this race. So as this race has progressed, uh, things are starting to come to Matthew Brabham. But again, your season champion is Linus Lundquist, but he has plenty of pursuers, Jake Query, and Daniel Frost and Matthew Brabham first quarter of this race it's interesting because Brabham was about to make a move to get past Daniel Frost that was when Frost all of a sudden took advantage of a, a mistake by Noah Siegel and got a buffer between the two of them that then settled itself out where Brabham held back just a little bit so now Brabham remains in eighth again Frost in front of him running seventh the distance between the two is about six car lanes Frost kind of the meat in the sandwich Michael Young doesn't know if he can focus forward on trying to catch the series champion or or if he needs to be a little bit more worried about Brabham, it's still tight into turn number four. 
this is the first time I've seen fourth and fifth and then six, seven, and eight this close together. So Benjamin Peterson in that fifth position now starts to see Linus Lundquist close that gap. Daniel Frost has lost a little bit of ground on Linus Lundquist, or is it Matthew Brabham starting to close that gap? Indeed, Brabham gets a nice run out of turn number five. He'll start to climb that hill. Call it five car lengths. Yeah, Matthew Brabham is on a charge late in this race for sure, and uh, Matthew Brabham would love nothing more than to grab a couple of spots, maybe. Uh, he came into this race weekend second in points, but because of the prowess of Stingray Rob this weekend, doesn't look like he's going to get that runner-up spot as that battle heads back to Jay Query. As they work their way off of turn number nine and down the straight, Daniel Frost kicked up just a little bit of dust. Matthew Brabham swung it very wide through turn number 10. Now he is right on the rear wing of that 68 machine of Daniel Frost through turn number 11. Frost kicking up dust. Brabham throwing up smoke from tire lockups around the racetrack, including at the top of the hill and the corkscrew. That battle continues to rage on. It's for the seventh position. Brabham's to within a car length, Michael, into the left-hander. Yeah, Brabham is there as he closes in, trying to take over that seventh position from Daniel Frost. And again, Daniel Frost hanging on to those scuffed Cooper tires, trying to nurse them through the latter, latter stages of this race. They make their way through the left-hander of turn number four. He looks smooth, although Daniel Frost nearly put those left sides out into the dirt. He's able to gain about a two-car length advantage over Matthew Brabham. But this time through, Brabham has a slight wiggle. And now three car lengths. It's Frost over Brabham for that seventh position. Nine laps to go next time by the leader. Stingray Rob has a lead of 9.6 seconds over Rasmussen. McElroy has the third position. Jacob Abel is fourth. Benjamin Peterson is fifth. Linus Lundquist sixth. Then it's Daniel Frost and Matthew Brabham working their way through the corkscrew. Jake, this is a really good battle for the seventh position. And the thing that's fun to watch, and perhaps Davey Hamilton can add on this, is you come down off turn number nine, as Daniel Frost just did with Brabham, now just two and a half car lengths behind him through turns 10 and 11. You can visibly see, Davey, that perhaps those Cooper tires, which are designed to test the driver just a little bit, that grip's starting to go away. And when you have that speed going into turn number 10, it can get better. Very, very hairy if you make any sort of a mistake. Yeah, that's right. It can be very hairy. And these tires are already worn down, as we, we just talked about. We're, we're talking about that fight between Frost and Brabham. Well, the last lap by, they both are the exact same time, 118.900 by both those drivers. I know Brabham's trying to force Frost into just the smallest mistakes is what you have to do around here to try to overtake them. But right now, they're running the exact same time. So uh, that, that fight's going to go to the end of this race. Yeah, just evenly matched around the race track we have seen uh, a lot of battles just like that of guys that are just running the same pace and the driver in front of them makes passing awful tough it makes you have to kind of get up on the wheel maybe force your opponent into a mistake no mistakes so far for stingray rob as he is back out on the front straightaway across the start finish line he's going to see eight laps to go eight laps away from a first career indy lights win the uh, gap is still up uh, north of nine seconds over christian rasmussen another 12.6 Six back to Hunter McElray, who got a little sideways through the corkscrew moments ago. Jacob Abel runs in the fourth spot. Abel's done a nice job. He was really feeling the pressure uh, for Benjamin Peterson for a good four or five laps, but that battle has broken off, and it's allowed us to focus in on the battle for six. It's heading down to turn number two. Once again, Linus Lundquist, Daniel Frost, Matthew Brabham in front of Michael Young. 
Linus Lundqvist starting to close that gap on Benjamin Peterson. Peterson running in that fifth position. Oh, and we had one of the drivers just go off. That was Hunter McElray. Kicked up a lot of dust, and that will be now into the visor of Jacob Abel. They'll all drive through it. Benjamin Peterson, now Linus Lundqvist, Daniel Frost, still about a seventh car length advantage over Matthew Brabham. He's able to gap himself each and every time they come through there. So as Frost able to nurse those tires, Matthew Brabham's time to get that eighth position, or I should say seventh, starting to run out. Yeah, Hunter McElroy almost threw away a very firm grasp he had on the third position. Uh, it didn't lose much in terms of the advantage. It's still about five seconds over Jacob Abel. Meanwhile, Matthew Brabham is stalking Daniel Frost. That is the battle for seventh. It exits the corkscrew. And Daniel Frost this time by might have actually picked up himself just a half a second or so over Brabham, but still it remains very, very close. Daniel Frost again holding on right now, but tenuously at best to that seventh spot with Matthew Brabham just behind. Davey, it makes me nervous when I see a, a big plume of dust kicked up around this racetrack and I'm sitting in a broadcast booth wearing a headset, not holding a steering wheel. How uh, challenging is that? Nerve-wracking is it for a driver when you're coming up on uh, one of the blind corners many blind corners that they've got here at Laguna Seca, and all you see is a ton of dust up in the air. Yeah, well, that's exactly what happens. It's dusty and dry as it is here with the gravel and sand off the side of this racetrack. All you do as a driver, you hope you hit it pretty much going straight. Obviously, it affects you. It moves your car around. You have to get out of the throttle, but as long as you don't go deep into it and you're going at the wrong angle to where you could potentially spin, it doesn't really affect you that much, but there is drop-offs as well between the racetrack and that dirt, grass, gravel combination, so you want to be careful there, too, because if it bottoms the car out, it could turn you. Smooth sailing so far from the drive from Idaho. Uh, back onto the front straightaway. Stingray Rob Sakadi, the sponsorship on that car. Driver for Andretti Autosport picked up his uh, second pole position of the season a little bit earlier this morning. He had a pole um, earlier at Road America. Wasn't able to turn that one into a race win, but boy, he is looking good with six laps to go, bending his way through turns three and four with an advantage up around nine seconds over Christian Rasmussen and his teammate Hunter McElroy. Andretti Autosport looking for a clean sweep of the podium here at Laguna Seca. And, and Davey, we've seen that throughout the years, whether it be in Indy Lights or in IndyCar. Uh, sometimes certain teams and organizations just have a feel for a racetrack, and that certainly seems to be the case for Andretti Autosport. Yeah, they've, they've been strong here. As you say, running first through third right now. They were the same last year. Kirkwood won both races. Colton Hurt has won the last two races here. So uh, they, they really have this track figured out. And if you look at all the practice sessions, whether it's Indy Car or Indy Lights, they've both been on top of the, they've been on top of the board almost every time. So, yeah, they have, they have a really, really good setup for this place. Michael Young, now I'm just thinking that Hunter McElroy's doing it on purpose, just throwing dirt all over the racetrack. He just did it this last time by, but it was a bigger off than the time before, so much so that he has cleared all the mosquitoes out of this portion of California for at least the next decade or so. He was off a lot of dust, was then kicked onto the track for Jacob Abel and Benjamin Peterson to drive through. I watched Hunter as he made the left-hander through turn number five. He really had a tough time getting back into the throttle. I think he still had some dirt that he had collected when he got those left sides off when he made that left-hander into turn number five, so... 
It's not quite over yet. Hunter McElray still has to hold off Jacob Abel for that third position, but he's just got to get through a couple of more laps and keep it clean through turn number four. Michael, I want to stay with you. How about the Linus Lundquist, our champion? Is he inching towards Benjamin Peterson for the final spot in the top five? It's all really closed up, especially the last four or five laps or so as we watch Benjamin Peterson, who has now lost touch with Jacob Abel. It's Benjamin Peterson about 10 car lengths back to Linus Lundquist, our Indy Lights championship champion. And then Singapore's Daniel Frost is right there, equidistant back about another eight car lengths is Matthew Brabham. So, yes, that gap's starting to close. Yeah, I, I don't know that you label it uh, anything close to a nose-to-tail battle, but given the fact that there's uh, five laps remaining, in this one, it could get fairly interesting uh, pretty soon, uh, for sure. Uh, the comfort level, not as good for Benjamin Peterson, certainly not as good for Linus Lundquist. Frost and Brabham, that foursome works their way out of the corkscrew. And interesting, as Matthew Brabham gets a little bit of squirrely coming down the hill, so too did Christian Rasmussen running second. Advantage for Rasmussen is right now he is all by his lonesome. Brabham, on the other hand, as he works his way through turn number 11, has given himself plenty of breathing room over Christian Bogle, but he is still trying to reel in Daniel Frost. You know, Jake, Brabham's not the only one that we've seen kind of get squirrely there out of turn number 10. Pretty amazing uh, from, I know, your vantage point and what we're seeing on the monitors. Those drivers coming downhill, boy, it seems like those cars are out of control at times that's the trick nick and then the other thing too with it is there is a little bit of a banking there in turn number 10 and if you go too wide on it what you're going to do is collect some of that dust and dirt put it back onto the racetrack and then that means of course the grip becomes a little bit compromised for those that are coming behind so it is a tricky area for certain as stingray rob the leader now works his way into turn number 10 he is very very clean but again he doesn't necessarily right now have to be all the way into the throttle as he works his way that left to turn number 11. Four circuits remain for the Indy Lights Grand Prix of Monterey race number one. Check that. It's about to be three because Stingray Rob is going to dart his way across the start-finish line. That lead has grown now to a solid 10.2 seconds. He has flat dominated this event looking for his first Indy Lights win of his career. His future very much up in the air. A lot of these drivers, Davey, we know Hunter McElroy is going to be back. Obviously, we're going to be following very closely in the coming months uh, for Lemus Lundquist and what IndyCar team he potentially ends up with. But for a lot of these drivers, uh, this is it. you got a race and, and uh, three laps to go in their season. And then the fun part begins where they got to figure out what they're going to do next year. Yeah, you know, we don't know where Rob, I, I'm assuming the Stingray Rob will stay right where he's at with that Andretti Autosport team, especially after this win. We don't know if there's one more race left for the weekend, but regardless, it's the last weekend, and he's going to have a win underneath his belt. It's going to get some excitement. Don't know where. Obviously, he wants to go IndyCar racing. That's his goal. That's where he wants to end up, and and don't know if that's going to happen. I'll just see a seat for him for next year, but uh, I'm going to assume that he's going to find himself right back in this two-car with that Andretti Autosport team. He's making his way through turn number 11 about to see two laps to go here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca in Monterey, California where we are going to crown the champion. It will be Linus Lundquist and of course tomorrow we'll find out who takes home the NTT IndyCar Series Championship with a very important qualifying session coming up uh, at uh, 5.05 Eastern Time at 2.05 Pacific Time. But let's jump on board with Stingray Rob Michael Young. He's a lap and a half away from his first career. Indy Lights win. 
and it's been so impressive this latter portion of the season for Stingray Rob, and he has just come to form and has been so very impressive getting this pole today, and it looks like he'll be able to close the deal. That opening lap through turn number two, battling with his teammate Christian Rasmussen, looks very good as he heads up the hill to turn number six. Yeah, certainly he was hoping to sweep pole uh, this weekend. It's not that he has a bad starting position. As a matter of fact, you know, he's starting uh, behind the pole center, Rasmussen, tomorrow. So uh, Christian will have his mirrors plenty full of Stingray Rob as they roar towards turn number one. Uh, it's been a picture-perfect weekend so far, Jake Query. He's got a uh, little over two and a half miles, though, to wrap up to get to victory lane. He's done what you'd like to do when you're the pole sitter. Jump out to a lead, build it, and then just simply have to go out, hit your marks, and not make your mistakes. That's exactly what Stingray Rob, who is back onto the main straightaway, has done here in race number one. That navy and blood red car streaks across the start-finish line with some neon yellow actuations, the uh, the rear view mirrors, the driver's gloves, and the helmet as well. Stingray Rob, final time around the racetrack. Michael looking for his first career win. He's already in turn number three. The Idaho native doing a magnificent job today and great with a season full of the name Linus Lundquist. Oh, we learned that in a hurry, but the latter portion of this season for Benjamin Peterson to get his first win from the pole last weekend. And now this Idaho native goes through turn number five for the final time. Back at the throttle, you can hear him. Here comes Stingray Rob at turn number six. I'm sure he's impressing our Idaho native Davey Hamilton. Another impressive thing about this young man is all the work that he's involved in away from the racetrack that helps young kids at FCA, Boys and Girls Clubs, and the High Tide Kids on Track program through the road to Indy. Stingray Rob with an impressive run here. Race number one of the weekend at the Grand Prix of Monterey. On a day that began as it typically does here is very overcast. Now all of a sudden things become brighter for Stingray Rob. Nick Yeoman, he is no stranger to victory lanes, but it'll be a first time and Indy Lights help bring him home. He is uh, up by 11.3 seconds for the first time in his career. Stingray Rob sees the twin checkered flags. He will win the Indy Lights Grand Prix of Monterey. Meanwhile, Jake Query, we see Linus Lundquist coming out of turn number nine. Lundquist has behind him Daniel Frost, Matthew Brabham. This trio has been very close to one another throughout the course of the race. That's exactly how they remain through turn number 11. Through the final corner, it looks like Linus Lundquist will hold off Frost and Brabham and your 2022 Indy Lights champion presented by Cooper Tires is Linus Lundquist. He wins the championship here in Monterey. Stingray Rob, your race winner. Christian Rasmussen second. Hunter McElray third. But Ryan Marine, the championship goes to HMD and Dale Coyne Racing. It was a big celebration out by the pit wall. Mike Marini and the whole crew out there celebrating a championship for Linus Lundquist. Five wins this season for Linus, Mike. How impressive was his performance from start to finish? I mean, it was a great year for him. We've, we've worked all year for something like this. So to go against a, an IndyCar team like Andretti Autosport, it's, it's tough. Um, there's a, a lot of resources there, but we were able to, uh, I mean, Linus did a great job. The whole team did a great job. Everybody did a good job. So it was uh, awesome. His development with you, he came over 
won everything there was to win in Formula Regional Americas a couple of years ago, an up-and-down rookie year in lights last year, but now a champion in Indy Lights. Can you describe the growth you've seen from Linus Lundquist? Well, first of all, Christian Pedersen right here from Global Racing Group, was uh, he brought Linus over to do an FR program, and that's where Henry and Christian met. And from that point forward, it's kind of like a, a match made in heaven, so it, it worked out perfect. And finally, Henry Malukas, the team owner here for, with HMD. This is just the third year for the Indy Lights program. There was the one year off for COVID in 2020. Already you've produced a championship driver. How proud are you of what you built in a short amount of time? I'm very proud. Obviously, uh, I will not take any... Um, the, the, the team is amazing and... Uh, the, the, it's just a good group of people and, and I think all together just connected really well. Obviously, Linus is a great driver and uh, he, he did it. What we can do last year, he did it this year. I'm really excited about uh, Linus and uh, all HMD. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's an amazing story uh, what that HMD and Dale Coyne Racing Group have uh, built in such a short amount of time. Uh, God, word that they're going to field no less than eight cars next year, and they will get to uh, sport the title of series champions uh, for that entire season as well. As Linus Lundquist clinches the championship, we see Stingray Rob. He has pulled into victory lane for the first time in his career as an Indy Lights driver as he gets it done at the WeatherTech Race. Raceway Laguna Seca, Indy Lights Grand Prix of Monterey, unzipping that fire suit. He'll pop that helmet off momentarily. Not even sure Davey Hamilton, he had to break a sweat. The winning margin for Stingray Rob in this event, 11 seconds. That is flat domination. Wow, what a great job. He absolutely dominated. You're right, Stingray Rob, what an outstanding job he did in this event. And by his first win, and he went by 11 seconds, he'll take that all day long. And, hey, don't forget, he's he starts third in tomorrow's race, so he has an opportunity to clean sweep the weekend in one of those Andretti cars. They did it last year in, in uh, both IndyCar and Indy Lights. So uh, good job. Congratulations on uh, Stingray Rob's first win for sure. And right behind him, Davey, Linus Lundquist. I mean, again, he, he won four of the first six races, put this championship in a stranglehold. It was a foregone conclusion for months, but boy, to finally be able to get out of that car and uh, be given that big check and trophy, got to be thrilled for that young man. Yeah, absolutely. What a what an outstanding start of the season he had, especially really to jump up and get that uh, big points lead in that championship and then just was able to hold it off. Right now he has 100 points, but how about Stingray Rob going for fourth to second in that championship and still not over, still another race. It's going to be down to McElroy and Brabham is if they can chase him down and uh, they're tied for that third position with 107 points. So it's seven points behind Stingray Rob. We'll be watching that all day tomorrow. Yeah, boy, if Linus Lundquist would have just stayed home home all season. We may have a, a three-driver battle for the championship uh, if that was the case, but he did not stay home. In fact, he showed up every week and Ryan Marine, he flat dominated this championship. Linus Lundquist, the champion, and you're standing by. He stands atop his race car in tears. He's got the Swedish flag in hand, about to drape it across his shoulders. The champion of Indy Lights in 2022. Wiping some tears from his eyes, but they are tears of joy. A huge grin on the face of the Swede, Linus Lundqvist. Linus on the season. Five wins, nine podiums, seven poles, but crucially, the championship and a chance now to race in the NTT IndyCar Series. Describe the emotions. Um, I, I, I don't think I can, to be honest. Um, I mean, 
Firstly, a massive thank you to uh, to the whole team, H&E um, Motorsports with Daycoin Racing. We'd never have done it without them. Um, and um, yeah, it's uh, this is literally a dream come true. Um, I gotta say, a special thank you to my family. You know, we've um, <coughs> been on this journey for a long time, so it feels good. What has the family meant to you? How has their support enabled you to get to this point? Ah, it's it's everything. Um, I think so many people can relate to that as well. So, just um, yeah, I mean, it was a wonder that I even started with go karts and to to made it this far. It's yeah, it's it's unbelievable. You are an Indy Lights champion. Congratulations, Dan. Stingray Rob, his very first career victory in Indy Lights. Uh, obviously, that's a moment of pride for you, and I think the word to use is currency. Yeah, yeah, and you say pride, but I say thankful. I mean, all the glory goes to God on that one, and the team, they did an amazing job. You know, we put it on pole earlier today, and I was just having fun out there. That was just an enjoyable drive. I mean, obviously, when you're that dominant, it makes it more fun, but, uh, yeah, I was having a good time out there. Obviously, a little bit of drama over the weekend with, uh, you know, electrical issues in one car, a few other things going on in the others, but it was pretty smooth for you, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, we had a little bit of a shifting issue yesterday in practice and didn't get to run the full time, but uh, they got it taken care of. I mean, I had no issues in that race. I was happy with the car, happy with the shifting. Um, so, yeah, I think that we're going to have a good race tomorrow as well. I forgot about that first gear issue. That was something that obviously had to be a bit of a concern. Two races this, this weekend, so obviously you've got one more to go, and uh, most interestingly, your future obviously had to be uh, boosted by what just happened today. Yeah, that was that currency reference you know winning is the the currency in motorsports so it helps helps my uh, goal for next year you know I want to be an IndyCar so we're striving for that I don't know where I'm going to land yet no deals done but we got to keep fighting so that's our goal well we know you're going to do that but obviously you're with a heck of a team right now in Indy Lights if you are back in the two car next year that's obviously a, another step that you could make toward getting to your goal but one other thing about it is consistency it's not just winning you this is your seventh podium uh, this season and in your career uh, how does that speak to, to the way that things have felt between you and your team? I think that we've been there every weekend knocking on the door for a win and Road America was one of the tracks that I expected to get that but we had a little bit of a hiccup in the second part of that race after you know we paused for the red flag there but you know I think that we're just growing and getting better as a team um, one two three I mean you can't really complain about that they're obviously got something figured out with the car here this weekend um, but I think that we're just going to keep hitting at all the tracks even if I stay with the team next year I know that we can improve. We know that your future is very, very bright, and we congratulate you today on this victory. Thank you. Stingray Rob, number one at the end of the circuit after the checkered flag flew today in Indy Lights. Here's a final look at your results. Stingray Rob gets his first career Indy Lights win. Rest of the podium, all Andretti Autosport. Christian Rasmussen comes home second. Hunter McElray third. Jacob Abel finishes fourth. Benjamin Peterson fifth. Uh, finishing sixth, your series champion. And what a great emotional victory lane interview that was for Linus Lund quiz just saw moments ago he was uh, congratulated by marcus erickson fellow swede and of course the indianapolis 500 champion lundquist now accepting the championship trophy he does it with a sixth place finish today at laguna seca seventh was daniel frost rest of the top 10 matthew brabham christian bogle and rookie nolan siegel 11th was ernie francis jr 12th kiffin simpson and seven laps down in 13th was flynn lazier but again your winner today sting ray Rob. Our driver analyst was Davey Hamilton. In the pits, Ryan Marine and Dan Rusinowski. Our turn announcers were Mark Jaynes, Michael Young, and Jake Query. Our chief engineer is Rick Evans. Satellite and technical support by Scott Forget. Our producer is Sam Rumsa. The network 
director is Chris Pollock. This is Nick Yeoman. The weekend's not over yet. The Indy Lights race number two is coming your way tomorrow at 12.50 Eastern time on all of these same outlets. Then don't miss the NTT IndyCar Series finale beginning at 3 o'clock Eastern on your phone, tablet, computer, on Sirius XM Channel 160, and a radio station near you. So long from WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. Copyrighted presentation of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network.